Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. You are listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. on Radio Free Brooklyn for your Thursday afternoon. My name is Alon, and I'm joined by Catherine Dunn, who has filled in once again as a consummate, amazing guest host. Yes, hello. This is my Jimmy voice. No, I can't do it. <laughs> it's such a good voice. <laughs> you made a good... Uh, Coming in live. I'm Coming Jimmy Hoffman. Live. It's Jimmy Hoffman. Check me out Mondays at Tilt. <laughs> We're, we're always looking for, forward to the best Jimmy Hoffman impressions to step in this room. <laughs> so that was actually better than mine, and I applaud Let's you for Let's hear that. yours. It's a little like this, and well, you everyone, you know, know what baritone. happens when you have a ninja turtle, and you just want to <laughs> say, I have an artist. Uh, now, I don't know, now I'm putting him to california all of a sudden yeah I like, man i feel like he's got like oh. a really deep voice but it's also scratchy <laughs> joining so to go deep like that but also to scratch on it you know <laughs> joining Catherine and i on uh, this week's edition is her co-host for dun sun every saturday here at 3 p.m on radio free brooklyn his name is greg greg hi hi greg hi uh i can attempt to do an impersonation of a person i've never heard let's try it hey i i'm jimmy <laughs> That's actually pretty good. How you? I just took it based on yours. No. I'm Jimmy, and you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. That's spot oh, on. That's great. <laughs> Sounds to me like Jimmy. I've never heard him before, and I don't. <laughs> and uh, thanks so much for being here, Greg. Yeah, it's really thanks. nice to have you on this side. Uh, usually, you're the on the announcer tip, and I'm simply just yeah, a yeah, yeah. guest. Yeah. Um, that's not true. You were sitting there the first time you met. That's true. You had you're, a hedgehog you're in not, your pants. You're, you're exceptionally not a meek, true. You're not a meek guest. I'm going to give you that. You're not a meek guest. All right. Yeah. I'm, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face was like, fuck you. What does that mean? <laughs> no, I'm very, I, I don't know how to take compliments. Yeah, yeah. It was with disdain that as you took the that compliment. Show, as the show goes on, it will be very clear. Uh, and uh, furthermore, uh, we have one more person here joining us this week, a new Radio Free Brooklyn host who has a show every Sunday coming up uh, starting August 5th. Uh, that is this upcoming Sunday. Her name is DJ Defiance. Why, thank you. It's lovely to be here. Quick elevator pitch about your show so people know exactly what they should expect on Sunday, August the 5th. So Sunday, August the 5th, you should expect light rain, I assume. It's okay. going to rain most of this week. But Fuck. if you're tuning into my radio show on Sunday, August 5th at 8 p.m., you will experience Up Yours, a femme and non-binary centric punk show that will be loud and angry. And you can call in and be loud and angry with me and I will enjoy it. Hell yeah. All these shows, my show, Greg and Catherine's show, as well as the other show of Catherine's that she does with Faceboy <laughs> and DJ Defiance show. All these shows are on Radio Free Brooklyn. Go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate and donate as little or as much as you want to keep us on the air thriving. We are a 501c3, so all of your donations are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. If you are listening to us on the Radio Free Brooklyn app, thank you. And if you aren't yet, please download the RFB app at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android and RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash iPhone. 
Finally, we have a newsletter. We've got a lot of events and a lot of swag and a lot of giveaways and a lot of amazing things coming up. So don't delay and sign up for the RFB newsletter at Radio Free Brooklyn. It only will come to your inbox once a month. So no worries on the spam tip. It's like not a period. Gonna... Yes. Oh but who knows if it will line up that way? We don't know for sure. <laughs> I hope it does. I, I hope yeah, to sync I, my calendar. Yeah, you got to sync your calendar. To the... <laughs> yeah, Radiofreebrooklyn.org slash newsletter. That's all the pitches. Now as let's get all of it to what? As regular as a period. Yeah. Yes. So we cleared up the pitches. Uh, these three are going to stick around with me and we are going to get to this week's special guest contributor. <laughs> have a returning guest actually this week and it's very exciting because i've been looking forward to seeing and having this man uh joining our ranks once again uh from the rogues gallery comes a very funny man you may remember sam z who was on about almost two years ago uh when we were in our first season at radio free brooklyn when we actually had seasons mind you that's how long ago he is hosting a new comedy show every uh Every every month, right? It's every month. It's quarterly. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you can catch comedy quarterly at the Knitting Factory, November first, and this man is hosting it. So please give it up once again for our returning guest, Mr. Sam Z. Thank you so much, Jalon. Good I'm... to be here. Good to meet all you. You oh, made it. This is so nice. There's so many people clapping. Thank you Let's for bringing in all these like other people to clap. That's great. I I need the the emotional support. Yeah, it's a really... we all do. It's my main use. It's, I, I, I gathered that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why you're there with Catherine. And yeah, usually I clap. So, so. <laughs> I have no use, so. It's, your, your, your use will come into fruition soon enough. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Jimmy was uh, the one who uh, initially connected you and I. Um, you guys that's were, right, it was. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have been doing comedy for like, uh, together for quite some time. Five years, maybe? Oh, geez. Yeah, I mean, he was one of my first uh, comedy friends. So it would be five years since I moved to New York. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And now, five years later, what new frontiers have you found yourself? Since the last time we chatted, it seemed like uh, you were just doing like a lot of the, you know, basic bills, uh, you know, on comedy sets and open mics and everything. And now you're hosting your own. And how did you get that? Yeah, I mean, that actually was the seeds of that had been planted uh, that two years ago. We've actually been doing Comedy Quarterly about that same time, but I wasn't really talking about it as much because I didn't know anything about promotion. You don't know uh, anything about promotion? <laughs> I didn't know anything about promotion. Are you serious? You yeah. live in New York and I, you don't know how to promote well, yourself? I, I had to learn. I had to learn. Uh, yeah, I, the the truth is that uh, the big thing I think that added that we added to that was that we brought the show to the Knitting Factory, which is kind of this 
legendary comedy center, jazz center. I think it used to be much more jazz. Now it's more like a rock and roll venue. Our last show went off without a hitch. Uh, we had Carmen Legala and Joe Firestone, who works for The Late Show. Oh, yeah. And no, she's the Tonight Show. Oh, she's fantastic. She was she was fantastic. I mean, everyone was fantastic. It was such a good show. Uh, Carmen Legala just had a set on um, Stephen Colbert, which was great. She's a rising star. Uh, who else am I missing? I'm, I'm missing a bunch of people. But it's, it really kind of was one of those shows that kind of, uh, I feel like, set the stage for what the show could be moving forward. So yeah. that's kind of what you have to do in uh, in Brooklyn comedy is you have to keep with a show for longer than two years so that uh, it builds up to something. And then that ends up becoming like a cultural currency for you that ends up uh, getting you booked on other shows. Not to be totally cynical about it, but that is the way that it works. I mean, no one's getting paid in actual but dollars. Every, everyone's so. scratching their own. Everyone's scratching backs, right? Everyone's scratching everyone's backs. Everyone's being the best comedic masseuses. Uh, you know, I, and I kind of like it that way. I mean, there's. A, I would love to be able to pay our comics. And that's something that uh, my co-host, Miles Hewitt, and I have talked about extensively is how do we get our comics paid? But um, on the other hand, you know, I, I do see the value in having something that is free. I mean, people are doing these eight-minute sets, and they're, uh, you know, Joe Firestone stopped by on the way to a flight to Mexico, you know. So, like, I know that her time is very valuable, and uh, I, I love that she stopped by. Uh, I wish I could have paid her. But on the other hand, again, it's like something about um, community. The money is in the uh, the value that we get out of each other and getting oh, able, to, oh, able to make each other laugh. Sure. I mean, yeah. uh, even not, not to be too insular, but, you know, with regards to Radio Free Brooklyn, we've established a community. I mean, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people that I know only because of doing the show here, uh, be it a return guests, new hosts, uh, existing hosts. I mean, that I have so many people that I've connected with. We know we all help each other out and it's no different with comedy. Uh, but again, we're not getting paid either. So right, 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 right. We literally would not be here right now if it wasn't for community because we met at the mixer. That's true. Because you were talking to each other. And now we're like, sharing a mic. Yeah. Now Just like that, dreams are made. What about you, Greg? You, you don't go to meetings, though. I, I don't even know about them most of the time. So <sighs> Not yeah. true. You, are, are you in agreement, though? I mean, you, I know you were involved in improv and sketch as well. So. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, especially with like, improv and sketch and all that stuff, like you can't get by without community at all in comedy. It's really hard. In fact, I find that sometimes in stand-up, there are some people that are resistant to it, but those are the people that never succeed. Without having other people with your back, you don't have you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, it's exceptionally true. We, you need that. Sam, where did you go to undergraduate again? Did you Brandeis University? Yes, the center of um, Jewish and American Zionist thought. <laughs> this is true. I don't know if it's that anymore. Now it's just all about money. They're actually pouring a lot of money into their business school, which is a little bit disturbing. But uh, that is where I went to college, for better or for worse. And were you involved in comedy? You were involved in comedy before you got to college. Yeah, what, yes, sir. Where, where was the arc or the trajectory of your comedic uh, stylings when you got to college? Freshman year, you're there, you're making new friends. Do you find open mics over nearby or do you, uh, you know, go and connect with people who have like a group on campus? So I actually went to school with kind of a rising star, uh, Josh Gondelman, who. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went to school with him. Um, you may have heard of him, especially if you're involved in the, the comedy community. He writes for Last Week Tonight. He's and he, uh, he has his own sort of uh, stand up thing that he's done. So I remember one of our advisors, my orientation week, and he did a stand up set for us then. Um, and he was doing stand-up the entire time. We were actually, so then we also were in competing uh, improv groups. I say computing, but the same thing. It was like kind of a community. And we all loved each other. We all hung out and we all yeah. um, did shows together. So he was in um, an improv group as well. And I'd done 
improv before college, which was rare. I think that that was, it wasn't, didn't mean that I was any good or anything, but I had read this book called Truth and Comedy, which was sort of, they call it the comedy Bible. That's a comedy Bible. <laughs> you never read the yeah. comedy Bible. And the, as with the same Bible, as with the, the Christian There's Bible. There's literally a comedy Bible called the comedy Bible, though. There is a comedy Bible. That, was it Judith, what's her name who wrote that? Newman? Judith Newman, I think, yeah. My mom got me that for a Christmas present, and I found it totally unhelpful. As with, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. As with any anything that calls itself a Bible is both indispensable and totally useless. Like I, the Bible. Yeah, ex- like the Bible, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like anything that is a Bible, that's sort of the definition of it, is that like, you know, it was really helpful in, in getting me to understand, like, what was helpful. It was helpful in getting me to understand what was improv. But at the same time, I also learned how to completely forget all of those rules once I was in college and doing improv, actually, for three and a half years. Have you read the New Testament? It's the uh, <laughs> the UCB manual. Oh, God. And then uh, I think the King James Version is the TJ and Dave one. Oh, is there a TJ wow. and Dave? Is there a TJ and Dave? Is a, there is. Yes. There is now. I yeah. love those guys. I lived yeah. in Chicago for four years, and the, I would read that book just because Same. I like those guys so I much. I want it. It's yeah. new. That's why I don't yeah, have it's it yet. New. Yeah, those That's guys the are... the only reason I already own it. I have all of the Bibles. TJ and Dave were the reason that I stopped doing improv in Chicago, because I was taking some improv classes and thinking, you know, am I going to go in this direction? I was also doing some stand-up. I was doing some weirder stuff. I was taking classes and clowning. That's really weird. <laughs> but... Um, when when I started seeing like TJ and Dave on the regular, I was like, "There's no way I could be better than this." That that they sort of <laughs> the, the, like I just I, and that, not that that's a reason to not do anything, but I knew for myself personally, like I was like, I cannot personally be better than this, and so I can't even bring my own take to it. Watching them perform, I also got to see them perform with Michael Shannon, which is really cool. Wow, uh, he he's a really good improviser. You wouldn't necessarily think of him as I an would. improviser. I would. But, I would. Uh, he's a fucking genius. He is, he's very intense so it's yeah that's awesome it was it was so cool and i just was like i think i left that show that night being like you know i i have a i'm glad i have a respect for this art form but it's just not something that i'm gonna invest any more of my time in because i know that personally there's no i I know what the high water mark is and i can't get there where did you study improv in chicago uh, I studied. I never did the. I never did UCB in Chicago. Or what's UCB? Uh, Second Impro- City. Well, there's no there's I Improv am. Olympic. I would say that Improv Olympic is probably more. I would compare UCB more to Improv Olympic. I did Second City stuff. I did stuff at um, the Annoyance actually, and that mm-hmm. was my favorite theater out of all of them because I, their heard. whole thing. Yeah. Their whole thing with, uh, as you talk about Bibles, uh, McNapier. McNapier's Bible Improvised is the one that actually I recommend to comics. It's like a Cliff Notes Bible. It is like a, well, but you know, here's the thing. It's a, a Cliff Bible Notes Bible. Of Cliff Notes? <laughs> there should be. I it is much that. shorter. Is there a Cliff Notes Bible now that we say it? Because I want it. <laughs> it's called the internet. Um. Uh. What was I saying? Monarch, at least about... you're talking about McNapier's book. Oh yeah. So you were uh, razzing on it. I I actually think that it's probably the best one. Oh no, it's it my is. favorite one because his whole thing is take about care of you. you. Take care of you. But yeah. then, but what I love that he says is we talk so much in comedy and we talk so much in improv about the stuff that you can't do. Don't say no. Don't ask questions. Yeah. And his whole thing is. Let's talk about what we can do. Let's talk about the things that when the light goes out, I remember that there's a chapter he ends with like the light goes out and you're ready to do a show. And instead of worrying about all the ways that you can screw up, why don't you start to think about what you're allowed to do? And so he talks about the opportunities that are in front of you and how to create. I mean, don't get me wrong. It still takes a lot of work to get there because like going to see uh, annoyance shows 
they were very weird and they were they were really really out there. Isn't that the whole point of their structure? I it mean, is. It's yeah. all supposed to be very fringe. It's all very fringe and very weird. And their whole thing is just be the weirdo that you are. Try and figure out what kind of a strange weirdo you are. It's possible that if one person is riding a sea do and the person next to them is walking on a uh, a running track, yes. That is totally bizarre and totally against UCB rules and in disagreement. But maybe that's a funny scene. Maybe there's some weird, bizarre Rick and Morty world where that can exist together. For I don't sure. I think it's against UCB rules. Um, but oh. it, it depends not. on what you define as, as a rule. Yeah. Uh, but the, the annoyance yeah. were against going against IO rules in general. In fact, in their first theater, they had a sign that said no but on the door. And that's all it said. The IO thing is yes and. Which is like, don't listen to that. If you take care of yourself and you take care of your, uh, then you're going to take care of your scene partner. You don't yeah. have to worry about it. All rules were meant to be learned to give you a structure of how things work, but then you can break them. Right. If right, you right. break them, you could take from others and, sh- and sure. sort of blend and make your own, uh, you know, milkshake of amazing uh, rules from improv camps. Because that's the other thing that always tripped me up uh, for a long time, if not the only thing. Of which is the fact that if you subscribe to one belief system, that means that you are absolutely 100% in for it. So you're in the UCB camp, you're in Magnet camp. It's like you, you, you have to like pick sides. And that's how I always envisioned like getting into improv is like that if you pick one different school, then you are staying with that school or, you know, and then I realized later on that I was a freaking idiot. And then like everybody just started like wades in all the pools. No, because when you started, that was probably true. I would say that in general, because like, it's different now, that's a very New York mentality like this or that. Like if you go to other cities, because I did improv in Atlanta and I've done like festival circuits and stuff like that people like often are like don't just listen to one thing learn as many things as possible and make sure. your own tool belt for sure when i came here everyone's like are you ucb or are you magnet and it's kind of like i hate that it's not no great. but they want to know what you know yeah well, and i said all like of it, i right? have to ask that like when i coach people i have to ask them are like where are you trained what level do you yeah. feel that you you know yeah because it's different they're coming at it differently like you know that they're going to have a different perspective yeah you're going to have a different goal slightly Sam, you were doing improv, uh, you said, before you got to college. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, so, I was. Yeah. So doing improv before college, and then that's a, an unusual experience, but it's a good experience to have that yes ending going on in your head when you are um, you know, alert and ready to make comedy happen and uh, heighten even with your own brand. Or um, it just made me a little asshole. <laughs> okay. Which is what it did. <laughs> that's also did you, valid. Did you so. do it in like your high school or did you study already at like io and annoyance i wasn't that cool i thought i was that cool but (laughs) i I wasn't that cool what it was was i went to a theater summer camp where we did improv found your try as part of everything else okay and so like you know i had sort of a foundation in improv and i was like I was the best improviser at that summer camp, but what does that even mean? That sounds like like it's like the best hamburger at McDonald's. It means at McDonald's, you don't understand you know, improv. Right? I'm kidding. Right. It's exactly what that means. Yeah, I mean, you were the like, Big Mac. I thought I was hot shit. Uh, I was not. You know, I got to college and I'd read Truth and Comedy and that really impressed them at the orientation fair. So I was already kind of vetted when I went into the audition. And then I was probably like the best improviser at the audition because I knew what they were looking for. It wasn't because I was funny. It wasn't because I was good. It was because I knew how to like sort of I knew how to make 
the the scene work rather than to actually make it a good scene, if that makes any sense. And then as soon as we started, that's when the disaster started. That's when, like, as soon as, like, the actual improv started, that's when the real hard work began. And it was tough for a while there. I wasn't nearly the best. I wasn't, our group wasn't the best on campus. We weren't listening to each other. We weren't communicating. It was, that that first year of improv was, I mean, I, I can go into it as the show progresses and explain a little bit more about how that connects to my clips. But that first year of improv was pretty heartbreaking for me. And I learned a lot. I only got into improv four years ago because when Robin Williams committed suicide, I had like a light bulb that just went off in my head. And I said to myself, what am I doing? Why haven't I done this? Why am I being such a fucking moron? Why have I been holding myself back as if like I'm trying to do all this actory stuff that everybody else is doing? When as a kid, I did. I took improv in high school with some really funny people of whom are uh, doing really big things now in the comedic world. I never saw myself as funny. I never really saw myself as a comedian or a funny actor, but only because I've been involved and because as an actor in the world of which is is involving everybody under the sun, not just actors, not just comedians, not just improvisers and only just improvisers. It's like everybody under the sun. And it's amazing just how uh, integrated other people from different walks of life of performing arts or otherwise uh, kind of meld together. Um, And I was not raised that way. I was raised to just be around a bunch of actors that were improvising. So my entire concept of it got really uh, kind of skewered into this sort of jaded thing until I finally said, nope, we're not doing it anymore. Fuck it. And then I went dressed up as Armand Goldman two straight Halloweens in a row. And everyone was like, you've broken Halloween. Who is that? Birdcage. Birdcage. Oh, I thought it was uh, something else. I don't know what I thought. So, how about those dolphins? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, to provide some interesting context, I took one improv class, was awful at it, and said, I will never do this again. <sighs> Where was it? I took UCB, yeah. uh, 101 level at UCB. Oh, See, I it, should not have done it. It was a bad it's, it's should start there. It's not for everybody. It was Just don't start me. there. I, I love the coaches that I had there. And I mean, and if it wasn't for taking 301 there, I wouldn't have met... Uh, Elizabeth Wilkes, who was like, I'm going to take magnet level one musical improv. And I was like, I'm going to do that, too. See, and then I, I wanted to do musical improv, but you had to take 201. And I was. Yeah. Money. Shout out to Frank yeah. Spitznagel, Mike Lutton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've done all the musical classes there, too. And I, I used to do I used to teach musical improv in Atlanta. That's and, fun. Yeah. So it's a different muscle and it's a lot of fun. Oh, we used to. That's actually what we developed our uh, college improv group into was a musical improv group. Yeah. Awesome. We realized like after that first year, we had this horrible diaspora of all of the seniors. Like a week before our final show, all of the seniors quit. Yeah. And it was really strange. Our new president, who was the only junior in the group, she just sort of inherited the title as like group president, decided that the thing that nobody else on campus was doing was musicals. And so we decided to start flexing that muscle. And that second and third year was the best year of best two years of like my college experience. And then the senior year ended up being a different kind of flavor. If I had known that, dude, if I had known that, I would have been like, get me those clips as well. So we could also I wish I wish I had some clips. That's my Jimmy impression. I really wish that I had some clips of that. I was thinking about it. The only clip I think we have 
is not of a musical. What we did, we one Halloween, you were talking about Halloween, this actually got me thinking about that. One Halloween, what we did was we uh, played a prank on the audience. We had a plant in the audience. You know how <laughs> like, you, start with the, you start the show saying like, hey, can we get a word? You know. Yeah. So we had a plant in the audience who was really just another one of our improviser friends. And I would say, hey, can we get a word? And she shouted out, contract. And then from there, we started a completely rehearsed scene of one of the final scenes of The Crucible, where he says, because it is my name! (laughs) And tried to make the entire room believe that that was actually just an improvised scene, but really it was just an Arthur Miller play. Uh, I do have a recording of that somewhere that I'll have to dig up. I I don't even know... Like where I, I, if I'd begun thinking about it, I might be able to try and find it somewhere and ask some people. You know, and I wish we had some of the recordings of our musicals because some of them were really, really awesome. You think now like everything is recorded. Back in 2007, this would have been, we were just on the cusp of understanding like what it was to like record something for the internet, like for Facebook. You know, our phones weren't good enough. We didn't have a recording device on us all the time the the way that we have now. The iPhone changed everything. But before that, people could certainly use those oh god what were they called the um palm pilots no they were the <laughs> true the flip my mom the, had one of those the, was it called flip or was it, it was, the, vid- was the razor no no it was the video it only only took videos it was the, oh um uh, i bought one for my sister for christmas one year oh i know what you're talking it was about white you pressed like yeah, a red yeah button. it's just a it, all it did was take video it, it was a phone it looked I like a I would have bought those forever and ever and ever. I swear yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You just Cube? put a memory card. No, I forget I'm what it's called. It was called the flip. I think you're right. It was called. The oh, flip. yeah, it might be. That might be right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because I was thinking flip phone. That's no. about, yeah, flip. I was gonna say I took some dope like pictures on my Motorola Razor in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> it was pink. But well, even so, like yeah. just to talk about like cultural obstruction. Even if we had a flip, and I'm sure there was somebody in the group who did. Sure. We performed these shows in a tiny, gross, like barely regularly cleaned coffee shop on our campus and then putting up like a video or like up something with some kind of a, a viewfinder screen would have been completely obstructive to the audience and like culturally societally yeah. frowned upon in the way that it is not now yeah. like but like you would have never seen anybody with their phones you barely even with your phones we, out. oh god I, it's one of the reasons why i hate going to concerts now just because i feel like I, i'm taken <laughs> out by people Exactly. Yeah, just like waving their phone. phones around just so they can videotape wa- all right next to each other. And it just drives me batty. They're never going to watch it. No, they they'll might, send they it might, to their friends. They might, swap, they might watch for like three minutes ago. I remember what happened last night. And then they're going to forget they they're have it. They're just going to snap it or something or put yeah, it on yeah. Instagram. Yeah. And that's it. I think that's what Werner Herzog means when he asks in that documentary, does the internet dream of itself? <laughs> like, like, it's like, I think that that's... <laughs> There are all these memories that people have out there. There are all these videos that people have uploaded to various places that are just like there, that nobody's watching them, that nobody's... There was some study that showed that the majority of videos that are watched on video uh, on YouTube are actually watched by bots. They're just bots that are watching videos. Nobody is watching these things. Yeah. Yeah. They're just there. Yeah, there are companies that you pay them to watch your video. To watch your video. Day. And that's so that, not that a way, So that you can get it, like, maybe seen by other people because it's got, like, 10,000 views or something. Nobody cares about my karaoke videos. It's just a bunch of robots sitting around watching it. What if that's my target demo, though? Yeah, <laughs> it, sh- it means robots are your not target a, demo. They are not a bad demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're Robot, loyal. Robots ages uh, three to fifty are all about the videos that Catherine Dunn puts up online. Yeah, 
it's nothing, crazy. Nothing okay. new. I'm resisting a binary joke real bad. Don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> How do we get to zero and one quickly enough? Like, it's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break now. And when we do return, we will uh, get down to the nitty gritty with the group of ditties that we have been provided by Mr. Sam Z here on Lost and Rewound. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. That's right. We're going to get down to the nitty gritty with these little ditties. <laughs> Back in it. Dunn is returned. Sam Z is returned. DJ Defiance is kicking it as well as Greg. And we all have our shows up on Potomatic, the of the Radio Free Brooklyn folks here. We have our shows up on Potomatic. If you want to go check out Lost and Rewound's archives, please go to lostandrewound.potomatic.com. We have updated more or less all of the past episodes that were not otherwise up before. So take a listen to the, those episodes there, or you can hear them up on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. Now, talk to us, Sam, about Rodeo Radio. Radio Rodeo. Radio Rodeo. Rodeo? What is it? Sorry, it's Rodeo. Radio Rodeo. It's Radio Rodeo. Try saying that five times fast. Radio Rodeo 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 Radio I won. That's all I needed to do. And how did, how did you come up into Brandeis doing this fantastic uh, little like radio show? I'm still hypnotized by that that cult channel. <laughs> I'm not, I can't even. I both can't did even, together can't and just even, were on like exactly the same page. Yeah, uh, I can't even think straight. It was I'm in, trying to in talk. sort of like weird dissonant harmony with each other. That was that was beautiful. Thank you. It was really uh, good. I could listen. To I that practiced a lot. that all night last night. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't know we were going to need it, but we knew we needed yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> this is just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just like, yes, I'm going to keep it together. Um, no, but uh, for real, we, we, we have here a handful of episodes of the show that you there did. There were five episodes. All together. Five episodes all together. This was in 2009. I was about to graduate college, and all of my fun improv friends were about to go in various disparate directions. I thought they were all so funny, and I found out about this thing called a podcast, and so I decided to make one. For the first two episodes, two to three episodes, it was really cool. I, I could, It was a lot of fun working on them. They're very weird, 
and the sound is not that great. I'll be honest with you that the like levels, I don't know if you can play with the levels on them. They, they're sort of all up and down. I had no idea what I was doing. I was working with a version of GarageBand. I want to say like the last two episodes were just kind of thrown together because I thought that I had to continue it and I didn't know how to do it because everyone got so busy. That's sort of the long and the short of it. It was creatively very satisfying at the time. Very weird. I don't think a lot of it's going to come through because of just my very limited editing talents. Um, but I want to say that because it was in 2009, it was cutting edge. Cutting, cutting edge. edge. No, one was, no one was doing this shit <laughs> 2009. Dude, I wasn't even doing Lost Dream Out in 2009. Yeah. So you uh, clearly have something that's ahead I got of it the on curve. the iTunes store. I figured out how to make that happen. Damn, that's what I I'm made, saying, man. You know, I made artwork. I promoted it on Tumblr. It was... Ooh, Insane. Tumblr. Yeah. Living your best 2009. <laughs> okay, I was briefly Tumblr, Tumblr famous, and it's still my life achievement. For <laughs> real? We yeah. got. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about that later. In the meantime, <laughs> which one is that? We need to listen to this. This is the first episode called The Pilot. I will uh, assume called that we'll have. Called Pilot. Listen carefully because there are two uses of the word pilot. Let's do it. Mm. Whoa. This week on Radio Rodeo. An unmanned helicopter lands right in the middle of WPBJ Studios in Cincinnati, New Mexico. Well, somebody's going to be cleaning up this mess, but it ain't gonna be me. Producer Debbie Schleck surprises her new boyfriend by meeting him for lunch. Only to find he's not the man she thought he was. Hey, you... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I thought that... The whole studio goes to see Nicolas Cage in a matinee performance of the cult film Knowing. They are joined by several members of the deviant youth culture. Are we gonna die? I will never let that happen again. Asshole! And development director Linda Bronfield shows up early for work for the first time. Long night. Long night and an early morning. I will uh, second that. Me and the wife last night, we were watching uh, that Bill Maher show. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. Let me tell you this. We started one at about quarter of one, right? Going to bed. So good. We both agree. Gotta watch the next one. He's a funny guy. It's on demand. We've got like six episodes. We figure, yeah, we'll watch two tonight. No big deal. Weekly. Up till four in the morning watching Bill Maher. Swear to God, <laughs> we didn't even stop. We just passed out, you know. No. Yeah. No. No. I, I absolutely. No. Absolutely. Woke up. The TV was still on. So, since the last night, Amy. Oh yeah. And Sydney. No. And Tiffany. You dog. <laughs> You are a dog. So, uh, there's a Dennis Leary special. Uh, no cure for cancer. I know it well. <laughs> oh, man. The single life. Yeah. Surprised to see you in here now, then. Yeah. Well, we got like four minutes before the big man's gonna start ticking the clock. Oh, I forget I work for him sometimes. Pass <sighs> me some sugar. Hey, Linda. 
Linda. Linda clocking in early. Ooh, look at Linda showing up oh, early. Linda, the early bird catches the word. Well, today. I guess we know you're not pregnant because you're clearly not late. <laughs> oh wow, look who it is. Oh look, Linda. it's Linda. Daylight savings. What you with a special appearance by a pretentious pilot. Oh, you want me to actually fly this hunk of junk? Not in these conditions, bucko. All this week on Radio Rodeo. Ashley Glicken, Mandy Schwartz, Sierra Kagan, Sam Bruce, Emma Needleman. All right. So the premise is that it's sort of like an old school radio show, uh, sort of uh, in that style and with the announcer and everything. And there's multiple people that are in this with you. Yeah, there are multiple people. You'll hear in the other episodes, there are other members of sort of the... Uh, 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 hottest improvisers at Brandeis uh -huh. University, 2009. Um, what was the group name you had there, by the way? Okay, so our group name, get this, False Advertising. Wow. Yeah, false oh. Advertising. They're, uh, like, improv group names are the worst. Yeah, so uh, I, I can give you some bad ones. If yeah. you want. Kiss yeah. Me Stalin. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want Oberlin's improv group name's worst na What was it? God, there was the Just Sunshine Scouts. Sunshine Scouts. The Sunshine Scouts. Scouts. Yeah. And then, oh, God, the other one was even dumber. What was it? It was like Piscopo's Arm or something. What? They were all badly named. Anyway. What about you, Greg? My college improv troupe was called Let's Try This, <laughs> which is a terrible name. Uh, that is and, bad. And that's a, that's, one, that's a super old college improv troupe, too, like like re, like 80s old. Uh, oh yeah, ours was ours yeah. was 80s old too. Yeah. The one that we there were the four at Brandeis, which is unbelievable because of the size of the student body was only 3000 undergraduates. So yeah. four improv groups, there was false advertising, bad grammar which was spelled wrong uh intentionally, TBA. I hate that one. TBA and then the the fourth one that started and the reason there were so many was because um it all started with false advertising in the 80s and then once uh there were like there was always like a group of kids who didn't get into the group and so they would start their own improv group and sure. so they just sort of like a scattered like a cluster bomb yeah. just destroyed uh and ended up like like building up the, the the groups the last one that started i think 2009 the year i left was crowd control um, I think TBA and TBD are the two most common crap improv team names. Oh, interesting. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Man. I yeah. <laughs> I've heard of bad grammar, so like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that one's bad, too. I don't know if that's, I've heard of your, like the one that you're talking about, or if I've heard of one. Just Was it spelled yeah. wrong? Yeah, like yeah, ER yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a lot of people that are like, we're going to be TBA or TBD because we don't know what we're going to call ourselves right. yet. Then right. we're going to actually make that stand for something. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Let's right. take a listen to the second episode called The Wedding. Any, any setup we need for this? Uh, or it's pretty self-explanatory? It Is there going to be two, two mentionings of the word wedding in this one? Uh, there's not. No, I wasn't that clever. I was only, only made that clever, one. though. <laughs> it just uh, it follows the same format as the first episode. You'll recognize the format. This week on Radio Rodeo. I mean, the only thing I can think of is maybe you got raptured. <laughs> <laughs> Token Christian Theo Bergeron doesn't show for work, forging suspicions that the rapture has finally occurred. Guys, wait, what if it is the rapture? 
Maybe somebody should go to his cubicle and check to see if his clothes are there. Overly ambitious intern Rachel Carthright hires a linguist to work on her working-class Philadelphia accent. Repeat after me. I went to the Eagles game and got into a knife fight with two cowboy fans. I went to the... No, no, no. I went to the Eagles game and got in a knife... Professor Paisley, I just... I just can't do this! And Stefan and Alex get lost on their way to the high school reunion. I'm following Google Maps. It's gotta be right. Just for my own peace of mind. Sure. The directions. Yeah, yeah, take it. Alex, you've been holding the computer upside down! What? Oh... And content editor Tessa O'Reilly, a cured alcoholic, courageously resists temptation. Did you see there's a there's an open bar? You should you should go get some wine if you want. I uh, I did. I, I've had several fruity drinks. I can kind of smell it on your breath, actually. Yeah, and uh, I'm willing to buy you. Well, I mean, get you as much wine as you want. Okay. Well, Sorry. no, you've been offering me for a while, but I'm good with my. No, I'm serious. Anytime tonight, you want a glass of wine, <laughs> get it. Okay. Now it's time for the uh, father-daughter dance. Let's get Karen up here with uh, Mr. O'Reilly. Come on, put down that joint we saw you smoking earlier. Just kidding, folks. Okay, let's. Uh, they're going to be dancing to uh, Aerosmith's Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Rock on. I don't want to miss a thing. Like, I'm sorry, I keep saying this, but it's just like, can you believe this is happening? You know? I cannot. I know. No, it's like, honestly, when mom and dad got divorced five years ago, I was like, so unhappy. We're never going to be a family again. We're never going to feel like a unit again. But then she met Robert and just, she was so happy. And I look over to them and they're sitting there and I just realize, you know, our new dad is so hot. Like he's so good yeah. looking. No, it's true. Like, and I and I'm a, I'm a He's gorgeous. Like yeah. he's so and you know, mom's like fine, you know, she's you know um, but like new dad Robert. It's like she, Yeah, no, it's exactly he's like an action figure. He's just like he's perfect and he's just like chiseled. He's just so good looking. Yeah. I know, right? He's like, oh my and like he doesn't even like work out that much. His body though. Well he is um I don't even know. Apparently he's rich. I don't care. I can't get past, like, his beautiful eyes. Yeah, I mean, I... I think you felt the same way. Definitely. Yeah, well, something like that. I just want to play baseball with him. Yeah, I know. You just, like... Yeah, he's, like, like, that dad guy. And you guys can... I don't know what you're into. You can just watch Oprah. or You still like Oprah, right? No. No. No, Oh, sorry. I haven't watched that since I was a kid. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Look, they're they're gonna go up and they're gonna do their first dance. It's really like honestly, like I just like <laughs> I just like I I'm tearing up a little right now just because I just like they're hey. so hey, I just hey. want to watch them. I'm here to dry your tears. You know, it's just like I finally have a family again, and my new dad is so hot. All right, folks, let's get everyone out to the dance floor in this one. We're going to be playing uh, Indigata Davida. Indigata Davida. Indigata Davida. Indigata Davida. 
not terminated. Not to mention a surprise ending. guys, how's it going? Theo! Sorry I missed work yesterday. I went to a Creed concert the other night and I was so wasted that I needed to sleep in. All this week on Radio Rodeo. With special thanks to Alison Shannon, Mike Dubay, Alex Fleming, Ashley Glick, and Amy Hoffman, Tim Kane, Emma Needleman, Sam Roos, Anthony Chevelli, Amy Thompson. Oh boy. Okay. Where do we begin? I'm going to go around the table here, starting with Greg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, I just really like how chaotic it is. Yeah. It's yeah. like everything that a college student thinks is hilarious yes, exactly yeah like yeah yeah but like, what was going on at the time was adult swim was becoming a yeah, thing. yeah 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 especially like tim and eric i don't think i could have pulled off a tim and eric thing at the time yeah yeah you couldn't be just, that big of an ass you know the experience of watching tim and eric they're parodying something very old yeah like, like 80s 90s like community television something yeah. that like it's funny but it's making fun of something that's not even really mainstream culture and so that's kind of what i was doing that i was trying to go for there was like what are the tropes of npr what are the tropes of like old-timey radio kind of stuff and it was completely chaotic for sure dj defiance it's fun i like it but i was kind of curious what was the division of labor like like how much of it was you kind of spearheading it how much did people take it what was the power dynamic in doing this like it's a good question i would write a script every week and i knew talented people and i knew what their talents were but i didn't want to depend on them too much because i knew that you know i i could only get them for a certain amount of time so the first sort of bits with like sort of the music backing that you can hear the da, na, 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 those were written pretty much those were written out and i would go to a friend of mine and say like hey i'm going to come to you wherever you are today we're going to record something and then the longer bits that were kind of like a scene like then this one it was like the wedding she's sitting there where the idea was that i would give them a prompt but they would improvise off of it it was a little bit more like curb your enthusiasm type of thing where we had like a structure we'd talk about it we'd talk about what their characters were and then oh the other thing too was that i would always choose two people who had either improvised a lot together or had uh, were already on a team together. So sure. they kind of had that chemistry. And that last yeah, one, exactly. it was my two friends, Emma and Tim. And they were like, in addition to being best friends, they also had started that most Perfect. recent improv group, Crowd Control. Yeah. And they just had a good chemistry with each other. I felt like them playing siblings made sense. They knew each other's motions. So, so the division of labor was like, I was the producer. I would like kind of fill everything in. I would edit everything. I would come up with a script, you know, record everything. I was always in the room when people were recording things. If I wasn't a character, I was there just to like help them through whatever they needed to get through. And then I would edit the whole thing together myself. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it was yeah. really interesting. It's kind of cool to hear like the behind the scenes world of it. It was really crazy, but I like driving myself crazy. That's my creative process. <laughs> uh, driving myself to the brink of insanity. What about you, Catherine? Any thoughts on that? I don't do a pre-record because I could literally not do that. I don't even update to Potomatic. You actually wrote, got people to show up when they said they were going to. Yeah. yeah then yeah. you edited something together. Like these are so many steps that would just would not happen. In the history of me trying to do things, none of that pans out. I mean, well, you have to have better friends, Gather. I don't have shit friends, first of all. If you're my friend and you're listening, you're probably not because you're a shit friend. You're yeah, not yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. listening to support me. <laughs> All of that stuff. I mean, I totally feel you, Catherine. Like I like that's why I don't do a podcast now. I've recorded 
maybe two podcasts and none of them have been edited or released. Uh, (laughs) It was so much easier to do this in college because people were around. It was also like the end of the year. It was also like I knew where people were. Everyone was living in sort of the same three or four mile radius. I'm not saying it was easy, but it was definitely more realistic than it is now where people have jobs and they have obligations and kids and wives and husbands and partners. And like, it's just there's none of my friends have that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, all of Catherine's friends are just like almost homeless. Let's move on to the third clip we have here. (laughs) Okay, so this is as chaotic as you (laughs) thought it was, Greg. Yeah, I thought that uh, and that's totally a compliment. That's what I was going for. Oh, no, I know that. It was also very planned chaos. Yes, and that's what yes, I was of proud course. of that I was able to bring together. This is where it starts to go off into actual chaos. Oh. <laughs> where, like, I start to lose interest or ability or something. And then from here on out, it's just like the so, show just dies. From chaos to cluster. Chaos to saying. cluster. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just didn't believe in yourself, man. That's exactly what I Jimmy, it's okay. <laughs> We've all been down that road. This week on Radio Rodeo. Sound engineer David Robbie installs a new sound effects board into his Westerfield apartment. His roommates remain displeased. And convicted murderer Phil Spector makes his final statement to the public. Then give me leave. The losers will have leave. To ease their stomachs. Additionally, danger-level donor Matthew Archer teaches his grandmother how to use a computer. What I want you to do is type in thepiratebay.org. No, no. T. It's it's right next to the R. Furthermore, a popular character is inexplicably killed off. Should we watch Bill Maher or Dennis Leary? Honey, it's time for your cortisone injection. My cortisone injection? Your cortisone injection. My cortisone injection? Your cortisone injection. My cortisone injection? Your cortisone injection. My cortisone injection. Your cortisone injection. Tracy. He's dead! Oh my god! Fuck! To boot, 
An unexpected YouTube celebrity is born. Stop calling me a homo, you'll be sorry. <coughs> Imbeciles. All this week on Radio Rodeo. And to Paul Gale, Sam Record, Equiano Mazzieri, and Ernest Pollan, we say, Damn you. Damn you to hell. I'm Ira Glass, back next week with more stories from This American Life. You said most chaotic, but I think you meant most good. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that is the type of chaos that's hilarious. It makes no sense, but no one cares. Right. Yeah, I actually... I, I, That's my aesthetic. I don't, yeah, I, I kind of prefer it. <laughs> oh, I think the truth is that I do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's why, like, I, I love that episode, but it's lightning in a bottle. Like, yeah. it's like it's hard to capture that. And those those two who uh, performed that cortisone scene were actually not improvisers. They were members of the graduate, the Brandeis graduate improv class. Or no, gra- graduate, sorry, graduate uh, acting class. Yeah, so they had yeah, taken yeah, yeah. some improv. Sure. But it wasn't they like they were doing improvisers. Meisner back and forth. They were doing Meisner back and forth. <laughs> That's all they were doing. I think what brought a lot to that scene is that they were so fearless together they were able to just be completely bananas. I agree with you. Like, I, And it's hard for me to go down that direction so much more because like, it's scary. We have time for one more. And what we'll do is we'll actually play out because it's, it's pretty short. So we'll cut our time here a little short. But the two and a half minute uh, conclusion of the Rodeo Radio as presented, right? I'm, I'm getting... Sure. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's literally radio rodeo. radio rodeo. Radio rodeo. No, we're not doing that again. <laughs> no, I know we literally don't radio have that. rodeo. The final one we'll play. Um, that will be doing it here for Lost and Rewound this week. But I, I want to thank Sam. You uh, have been a treasure and uh, then some for coming and bringing the, these amazing clips. Uh, well, we we've chatted so much this hour about improv and sketch and comedy and. Uh, Please don't change. Please keep going. Thanks, keep, Juan. Please this keep is go- a ton of fun. And uh, thanks, Greg Glad and DJ Defiance and Catherine for uh, your input. This is a lot of fun today. You, Stay well. You can hear Catherine and Greg <laughs> every Saturday on Radio Free Brooklyn for the Dunn Sun Hour, uh, 3 p.m. and Art Star Scene Radio with Catherine and Faceboy, 7 p.m. every Saturday. You can catch DJ Defiance's uh, show, Up Yours. I can't wait to Up hear Yours. that. That sounds amazing. On yes. Sunday, yeah. August yeah. 5th. At what time? 8. At 8 p.m. We'll be Listen back. to it from Bazaar. Yeah, I was going to say, have your headphones on yeah. while you're at Catherine's thing. Yeah. Bizarre. Come to Satanic Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> while well, listening to my we'll, function. That also sounds really great. We'll hear, you'll hear us here next week here at the same bat channel at the same bat time, 3 p.m. here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This has been Lost and Rewound. I'm Alon. Have yourself a lovely rest of your afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, this week on WPBJ Members Got Talent, we present to you Stephen J. Winifred of Tallington, Rhode Island. He is a self-proposed virgin. <laughs> he has never been kissed before. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Stephen with his <coughs> song. Stephen, are you ready? Hi, I'm Stephen. Uh, I will be doing a selection from my favorite musical, 1776. You may begin the recording at any point. By God, I have had this Congress.
For ten years, King George and his Parliament have gulled, cullied, and diddled these colonies, and still this Congress refuses to grant any of my proposals on independence, even so much as the courtesy of open debate. Good God, what in hell are they waiting for? Sit down, John. Sit down, John. For God's sakes, John, sit down. Sit down, John. Sit down, John. For God's sakes, John, sit down. Someone better open up a window. It's 90 degrees. Have mercy, John, please. It's hot as hell in Philadelphia. Someone better open up a window. I say vote yes. Vote yes, vote for independence. Sit down, John. Vote for independence. Someone at a half No, no. Too many flies. Too many flies. My Open up a window. Can't we compromise here? No, too many flies here. Oh, yes. Oh, for God's sake, John, sit down. I say, oh, yes. No. Oh, yes. No. Will someone shut that man up? My God. Well, don't I feel like a dick. Can we, yeah. do, can we try something here? First of all, the Inagata Davida repeating. Inagata Davida, 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 Yes! I just got bored of it, and then I then I break because I got I'm laughing at being bored right. with doing it. <laughs> uh, apologies for the self agonizing, but uh, could everybody at the kind of three and like the Theo kind of way of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, two sure. for my name. Yeah, yeah. One, uh, two, three. A one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're getting too much of a kick out of it.